Blackmail PowerPoint. Nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. And do we have a story for you? We touched on it yesterday during the course of Dan Lebetard's show when we had Don Van Nata, an author of an article with Seth Wickersham, a bombshell investigation that was released on ESPN.com all about our old friend, Danny Boy. Just when you thought that Daniel Snyder was about to exit stage left. Finally, after all the trials and tribulations and nightmares and investigations, inappropriate behavior, the type of action that you would find in a scripted movie, although no actors could play it right now. We'll talk about that later in the show. Just when you thought you'd heard it all, an article gets released a brilliant investigative piece, the center of which is something called a blackmail PowerPoint. A blackmail PowerPoint, compound word. PowerPoints are things that I don't know if people do anymore. We used to have those assignments in school, do a PowerPoint presentation, a sales deck, a marketing deck. That's a PowerPoint presentation. I believe that's a Kleenex tissue situation. I think PowerPoint may have been a word of art, some sort of company. In owners' meetings, there are presentations made from the dais where you've got the commissioner and his lieutenants looking out on a room of 30 or 32 owners and presidents. The presentations are made. You've got big screens, left and right, stage left, stage right. PowerPoint presentations are meant to update owners. Here's where we are with revenue. Here's where we are with expenses. Here's what our plan is internationally. Here's what we're working on. Let's go and look at a video we put together to make us all feel good about the teams that we own and the sport that we run. One way. There is no scenario where owners stand up and say, excuse me, Got a PowerPoint presentation to make. Other owners don't want to see it. They don't care about it. It's not part of what has been noticed as part of the agenda. Doesn't happen. Blackmail. It's an interesting word. I think you all know what blackmail means. I know something. And if you don't want me to tell someone else, then you better do something for me. It's as old as the sun. Information is king. Everybody wants information. It's why people get scoops. It's why people want scoops. I know something you don't know. I'm happy to tell you as a source, and you can then tell everybody else, but when I need something, I'm going to call you. You didn't give me what I need. I'm now going to tell someone something other than what I told you, or I'm going to tell someone something about you that may or may not be true. Or... If you don't give me money, I will hack your computers. I will unveil all of your customers. I just watched a movie about this. I just watched the Ashley Madison Affair movie on Hulu. I'm not reviewing it today. May talk about it later today. But in any case, blackmail, total negative connotation. Nothing good ever comes of it. 
And if you think that you're succeeding in blackmailing somebody, you're not. Because it may work today and tomorrow, but I promise you it doesn't work long term. Because once you decide that you're in the business of blackmail, that means one day you will be on the receiving end. All of this is because of the investigation that was done in the NFL. Go back to previous episodes. The Wilkinson investigation that Dan Snyder started, the NFL took over saying, we can't let a team investigate itself we're going to do it better. We're going to do it on behalf of the league. We're going to investigate the behavior, all the bad stuff that Danny Boy did. You can't tell me that you're going to do it properly if you're investigating yourself. We'll do it. Of course, we'll find out what she's going to say and what they're going to find first, and then we won't release all of it because we'll have an agreement which says, if you don't like what she says, we won't release it. Oh, no, thanks, Roger. If you don't like what it says, then we won't release it either. Okay, Danny, way to go. Smart move. Let's not release anything. That's back when Roger and Danny were, in theory, working together to figure out how to get out of the mess that Daniel Snyder created. The latest mess. The next mess. Another nightmare for the National Football League. But this story on ESPN, written by Don and Seth, it goes into details it involves Jay-Z and Rock Nation, the president of Rock Nation, who somehow, along with Jay-Z, got hired by the NFL for $5 million a year to help them with their PR after the Colin Kaepernick situation. I have an idea, Roger, and the other owners said, let's hire a hip company with people of color who people listen to and let's see if we can do some rehab of our image. Oh, five million a year? No problem. 18 years in baseball, paying a company $5 million a year for that? What are you hiding? You think you're not gonna get taken advantage of by a company getting $5 million a year that actually has ties to Daniel Snyder, which Rock Nation does, the president of Rock Nation does? It's this tangled web of corruption and insanity. And all of a sudden, they started eating themselves. And the ultimate manifestation was when Daniel Snyder decided, through his attorneys, coincidentally, these same attorneys as Rock Nation, decided to do a presentation. The presentation, in the form of a PowerPoint, was to Roger Goodell and the other owners saying, hi, my name's Daniel Snyder. You may have heard me leak that I've got some stuff on you and all the other owners, but let me show you just a little peek under the kimono. A few examples of some emails, some texts that I have that make you all look bad, racist, misogynist. All of these emails you see, I'm going to release them all. I'm going to leak them. You're not going to be happy. So here's what I want. Whoop, he pulls out his Ace Ventura wallet, and he has a list of things he wants. Number one, do not release anything about the Wilkinson report that I don't want released. Don't leak it. 
Don't release it. Don't publicize it. I want you to bury it the way you do so many other stories. Roger, you know what you did with CTE? That's what I want you to do with the Wilkinson report. I don't want anybody talking about it. Owners, executives. Can you imagine being Jeff Pash, who's the deputy to Roger Goodell? It's a name you may know, you may not know. Very influential person in the National Football League. He's at the meeting. He's looking out because when you're on the dais, the big screens are behind you. But what they do is they cart in some TVs so people on the dais can see what the PowerPoint is or what the presentation is that's being given by someone else at the head table. So I'm only imagining Jeff Pash looking out at the 27 inchers that are like return screens. If you've been on camera, return is when you're looking at yourself while you're looking into a camera. And he sees his name associated with emails that he was a part of, either as author or engager, saying some things that probably no one would want to have out there. Here's a quick note for everybody listening to this show. Encryption my tuchus. Don't write something in an email or a text that you don't want to read about the next day in an aggregated website, in a newspaper, in a tweet, in a thread. Oh no, this is private. It vanishes in 24 hours. Don't worry, if I send you this picture, I won't screen grab it. No one will know it. That's not how it works. And this is not me being a conspiracy theorist. Stuff lives. I've been a part of a lot of discovery in my time, and I don't mean the type where, oh, look, it's America. Oh, no, it's San Salvador. No, no, not that kind of discovery. I'm talking about the discovery where lawyers come in, they look at your computer, they put in 20 keywords, and they say, ooh, David, you've got 20,000 emails that have the word ass in them. I don't. I'm making that up, but that's a word. They search words that have to do with a lawsuit or have to do with what the question is. And all of a sudden, you're looking at things saying, I don't remember writing that. And there's your name. There's the timestamp. Oh, yeah, I guess I did put that in writing. Normally, it's stuff on the business side that we're talking about, not stuff on the race side. Discovery is used to help settle conflicts between two businesses or a person and a business. Who knew what, when, where, and what's it all worth? That's what discovery is for. Unless you are looking to blackmail somebody looking to besmirch, disparage, ruin. The NFL was engaged. Daniel Snyder was engaged in the art of ruination. They were jumping over each other like the gorilla in Donkey Kong climbing up the ladder, trying to get to the bell at the top to say, I can ruin you first. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Now what? The NFL and Daniel Snyder went into lockdown. This was all relating to John Gruden. Remember that name, the former coach of the Raiders? His are the emails that got leaked, showing that he was racist, misogynist, and he was forced to resign and then went full Bob Huggins, full Pat Fitzgerald, and said, wait a minute, I want my money. And now there's a lawsuit against Roger Goodell and the NFL for ruining John Gruden's career. Forget the fact that he brought it on himself. Let's not discuss that. Forget the fact that in the 650,000 emails, some of which were leaked, 
to various places, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, ESPN, forget all that. These emails were written to start with. There's no investigation without a there there. John Gruden knew very well what he did. You don't just all of a sudden get into a game with people in your group chat and become something you're not. It's like the ambient defense. It's a bunch of horse hockey. Oh, no, I didn't mean to be racist. I was on Ambien. Oh, I was just playing along with everybody. The accused style. Oh, I felt like it was the right thing to do. I wanted to be one of the cool kids, so I was going to say things that I otherwise never would say. So emails are getting leaked, and now the question is, who did the leaking? We did shows on Nothing Personal. It was my view that the NFL leaked them. It was my view that Daniel Snyder leaked them. It's my view that there were leaks coming out as though your ship was the Titanic. ESPN story goes through the entire path of the leaking. I really wanted to deliver that better, Coco. 4869. The ESPN story went through the entire path of the leaks and came to the conclusion that any one of four parties could have leaked the emails that led to the downfall of John Gruden. Why? Because like any good mystery, there was motive and opportunity by everyone. It is very rare that two sides to a coin both have a commonality of interest that would lead to the same action. I think we should get these emails out. I think we should get these emails out. No, no. I think we should get these emails out. Who put these emails out? Not me, not me, not me, not me. Everyone is jumping all over themselves to say it wasn't them. They're doing statements through PR people. They're going in front of subcommittees on the Hill being sworn under oath saying, I didn't leak. Daniel Snyder, did you leak the emails that brought down John Gruden? Yes or no? No. What, what do you mean? I don't even know what you're talking about. Tanya, did we do that? Mrs. Huggins, did we do that? I don't use email, but my wife does. Did we do that? Dan Snyder testified under oath that he didn't leak the Gruden email, emails. He didn't direct anyone to leak them, didn't authorize anyone to leak them. Rock Nation is jumping up in their seat. We didn't leak anything, nor were we ever told to leak them, nor were we aware that anyone leaked them. NFL statement, we didn't leak them. We would never ask anyone to leak them. Why would we want them leaked? It's terrible that they got leaked. Interesting. All of you have reason to leak it in the name of self-preservation, and none of you will stand up and wear it. What a bunch of wussies. You're damn right I wanted to blackmail the other owners because they were forcing me to sell my team, and I wanted them to know that if I'm going down, I'm going scorched earth. Thank you, Danny boy, for your honesty. Of course I leaked the emails. You think I want to deal with Dan Snyder and all of that distraction? I got enough problems here. I'm trying to get my own extension. Of course I'm going to leak the emails to make sure that Dan Snyder sells his team. Collateral damage, John Gruden? Sorry, wrong place, wrong time. Yes, it was me. Five million bucks a year? I'm president of a company that brought in and got that contract? You're goddamn right I leaked them. Two ways you could go. How does this end? That's the scary part. We're now seeing the result. 
And the result is the sale of the commanders has a problem. I want to explain it. Previously on Nothing Personal, you heard me describe what it is to sell a team, having done it, and the number of documents that have to be negotiated, the number of provisions that have to be negotiated, and then the approval of three quarters of the owners, which in the NFL is 32 teams, 24 owners. Nothing gets done without a vote of 24. When you read agreements and they're summarized to you on your aggregated websites, no one ever talks about the thing that takes the longest to negotiate. Your eyes may glaze over, you may get a shiny forehead, but there's something called indemnity provisions. Hold on, don't fast forward, get the toothpicks out, put them in the eye, here it goes. An indemnity provision says, for all intents and purposes, I want nothing to do with any of this going forward. Once I sell the team, don't bother me. I'm taking my money and I'm going on the yacht in the Mediterranean. But wait a minute, the buyer says, what happens if something comes to light in the next, let's negotiate, one month, three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, or even 60 months? What if something comes to light where our team, that used to be your team, gets sued and is forced to have legal fees or even, God forbid, a judgment. And we didn't do it. And you didn't tell us about it. We don't want to pay for that. You pay for that. Hell no. When I'm gone, I'm gone. If something happens, it happens. Do your due diligence. You want to know where the skeletons are in the closet? Open up the closet door. You want to worry about things that are going to happen in the future? You own the team. You're getting the appreciation. You worry about them. No, no, that's not what we're going to do, Danny. I want to be indemnified if something happens and you're sued because of your actions. These provisions take forever to negotiate. Way more than even the price. On top of the deal between the buyer and the seller in sports, there's a deal between the seller and the league and the buyer and the league. Separate contracts. When you buy a team, you will not be approved if you do not sign an indemnity clause which says, if we, as new buyers, ever get sued for any actions that we take or any actions that we don't take, and the league gets sued as part of it, you as the buyer agree to pay our legal fees, pay our portion of the judgment, don't bother us, it's all on you. No, no, I don't wanna sign that. I think that's totally unfair. No problem, don't buy a team. The seller of a team does a deal with the league saying, I'm selling the team and anything that happens at this point going forward, deal with the new owner, don't deal with me. That's the opening position for every seller. The league responds, not exactly what I had in mind. If something comes up or there is something that already exists, like the Daniel Snyder situation with the second investigation, Mary Jo White, the first investigation, Beth Wilkinson, possible financial improprieties. God knows what exists in the Daniel Snyder closet. Oh, and the John Gruden lawsuit. Daniel Snyder says to the NFL, good luck. Go to Josh Harris if you have to pay any money. I'm OU Triple T. 
The NFL looks at Dan Snyder and says, I don't think so. I think the way this is going to work is that if the NFL has any exposure because of what you've done, you bastard, you're going to pay us. Dan Snyder says, no chance, toilet pants. Not going to do it. And that's how a fight happens. And that's how you get a report that came out today that the sale of the commanders may be in jeopardy. Because if you do not get the indemnity provisions agreed to and signed, there will not be a vote. Has any deal ever fallen apart over indemnity provisions? Hell yeah. Will the sale of the commanders to Josh Harris for six plus billion dollars fall apart because of this indemnity fight they're having? Because of what came out on ESPN? Because of what's going to come out with Mary Jo White? Hell no. There's only one thing that the NFL wants more than a proper indemnity from Dan Snyder. Having him out the door. The best leverage you have when you're having an argument over indemnity provisions is when one person wants to deal more than the other person. Dan Snyder would be happy to keep his team. He'd like to keep his team. So you can't threaten him with, oh, I guess there won't be a sale. Dan Snyder would say, terrific. See you at the next meeting. I'll see you in Minneapolis. Gas up the jet, Johnny. We're going to Minneapolis July 20th, and I'm going to sit there and look at the presentations like a good Danny boy. Roger Goodell would rather get scurvy than have Daniel Snyder at the next owner's meeting. So we're going to keep following this story, even if we're not exactly doing live shows, because there will be activity over the next couple of weeks. We're back live tomorrow, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, and we've got shows for you while I'm away. But this story, this sale, it's quite something. All right, Coca, when we come back, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to review a movie, but we're going to talk about what happened while you were sleeping and how if you thought the writer's strike was a problem for you, now you really have a problem. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Are you there, God? I like being in the studio and say that. Usually Dan will come out of the woodwork. Are you there, God? I don't see anybody. Hello, it's me, Margaret. Yes, I watched that movie. Yes, I read that book. We reviewed the Judy Bloom documentary. Now there's a, bo- a movie from the book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which 
is on every list of banned books by horrible people who have zero clue about anything. Yes, I do have an opinion about banning books. Are you crazy? You're trying to wash history. You're trying to not. Let's not talk about menstruation because then it doesn't exist. We can't talk about sex. Nobody can have sex until they're married and then with their eyes closed and only to procreate. You want to feel good? No. You want to know what's going on with your body? No. Parents, don't talk to your kids. You can't discuss that in school. That's up to the family unit. Have you seen some of the family units? Rachel McAdams is in Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. The performance by Margaret. She talks to God, trying to understand what it is to be a teen, a preteen. I had, of course, read the book and not read it in 40 years, maybe. Wow. It's a great movie. Here's my suggestion. If you have children and you have any interest in your children having even a remote chance at navigating this unbelievable obstacle course that we call life, rent Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Watch it. Engage with your child. Talk about it. Take away the mystery of the human body and give them something else to be anxious about, something else to worry about, be insecure about. Don't make it about what is natural. Last night, sag After went on strike. I'm not burying the lead. The Emmy nominations came out. I'm all excited. Things are going great. I'm deciding who am I going to, how am I going to deal with Succession versus Last of Us versus Ted Lasso versus Love and Death versus Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, versus Shrinking, versus Fleischman's in Trouble. I am blowing my mind, figuring out my ballot. I don't know how to do it. I need some time. I'm so thankful for the work that actors do, that writers do, that producers do. They give me hours of entertainment every day. Chef's kiss, pun intended, to all of them. Back in 1980, there was a strike. Actors went on strike. They have not gone on strike since then. It's been 43 years. You may not know because you just want to do the final engagement with the content. Sort of like you just want to go to a baseball game, need a hot dog, and you don't care what's inside the hot dog or how a baseball team is run or put together. Although I'm not sure you'd be watching the show in that case. But maybe you're new to the show. Yesterday, that was 3.1% of you. Thank you. Sometimes you got to know how it works. When you are watching a movie or a TV show, there's a whole lot of people that when you don't watch the credits, you don't realize, which is why I like watching the credits. I want to credit people for giving me the enjoyment that I just got from your show. Actors are very much like icebergs. They're the tip of the iceberg, the thing that you see but below the actors, like below the surface of the water, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Buttressing them up, making them look good, makeup department. Making them sound good, sound. Making them say really funny things. Writers, making sure you have a chance to see it. Producers, making sure everyone's doing everything they're supposed to be doing. With vision, directors. Lots of people. 
When the writers went on strike, we all said, that's all right. We got some reality shows. You turn on TV right now. Every other day, every other minute, there's a new unscripted piece of content coming out. How great is it? Can you imagine running unscripted for like Fox? Spoiler alert, I can. It's a very close high school friend of mine. This is your moment. New shows left and right. Writers on the picket line arguing about something they've never had to argue about before. AI. Coke and I had an experience with AI the other day that was quite unique. Coca, can I talk about that? Is that going to bother you? I can't hear you, but I'm going to pretend it's not going to bother you. We are going through and designing some merchandise. Yes, we are. Spoiler alert. Get ready. Coming soon to a theater near you. And we discovered that there is AI that can be your graphic designer, which isn't really cool if you're a graphic designer, but really cool if you don't have a graphic designer. Imagine, as Alan Alda did in the podcast a few months ago with Mike Farrell, his co-star Amash, they acted a scene between BJ Honeycutt and Hawkeye Pierce, two characters in MASH, that was written solely by AI. It was a scene that could have appeared in an episode of MASH without a writer. And they acted the scene. Mind-boggling. You think writers aren't interested in protecting their jobs and making sure that they're not, they don't go the way of the typewriter or the on-table disposable camera? Anyone, do you remember that? I don't know, Danny, if you remember that, the on-table, they put disposable cameras and people would take pictures and then you get it developed and everyone was all excited when it comes back because you don't know what people did and all of a sudden you're like, hey, that's an armpit. Yeah, that's not a good business to be in anymore. What about actors? Can you imagine a possible world where it's not actors acting? Where it's AI? Can you imagine a world where despite all of the work of Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise, that people don't go to theaters because everything's streaming. And the notion of back end takes on a wholly different meaning. This is why SAG is on strike. The writers and the actors have not been on strike together in 63 years. You're not feeling it yet, but you're going to. There's enough content still being released for now, the key date in these strikes is Labor Day. This is the equivalent of an off-season strike, a lockout during the off-season in baseball. Don't bother me till we start missing games. Regular television stations, the broadcast networks, when their fall season starts, if they don't have new content and you're looking at all unscripted and there's no one to host anything, there's no one to write anything. You're going to feel it. When streamers run out of their banked content and there's nothing to watch, but the last episode, Father and Son of Ted Lasso, yet again, you're going to feel it. Labor Day, Monday, September 4th. Pay attention to that day. If these strikes are still going on past Labor Day, you're going to be despondent beyond repair. You know what to do when there's a strike or when there's a risk of loss of revenue you lock in a deal. 
The New York Yankees locked in a deal yesterday that is getting a lot of attention. Some of you old school people may be upset that there are patches on jerseys. Get over it. You ever watch NASCAR? Hockey? Advertisements? If you can, here's my view. This is what I said once in a meeting when we were talking about helmet patches. What do you think of that? My answer was very simple. The minute the first ad went on the Ivy and Wrigley and on the Green Monster and Fenway, that was it. Everything was open season. There is no stone that should be left unturned to increase the revenue of your team. And if the owners of the Red Sox and Cubs are willing to, quote unquote, deface the Green Monster and the Ivy at Wrigley, then I am silent. I got nothing to say. One thing that Major League Baseball has done is they have allowed teams to sell patches. You've seen the Marlins with their jersey patch. They have ADT. There's a bunch of teams that have jersey patches. But the Yankees, there's no way the Yankees are ever going to take advantage of commercializing their great pinstripes. Always so jealous of the Yankees. They've got one uniform. That's their uniform. How great is that? Every team now has 17 uniforms. You don't even know. Wait, that's I don't even know what team that is. They're supposed to be white, gray, You want alternate jerseys? Fine, but don't wear them too much. And at least make it so I can see the damn names on the back of the jersey. But the Yankees would never do anything commercial on the pinstripe jersey until yesterday. What would be the perfect company to put on the side of a Yankee jersey? I want you to think, Toyota, not bad. How about Rolls Royce? Like we are the number one Lamborghini, Ferrari. Let's talk luxury. Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton, Emirates Airways, Qantas, Geico. No, not Geico. Guess what they went with? Ready? On three. One, two, 69. The New York Yankees jersey patch sponsored by Star insurance. What? Who? Oh, I'm going to totally switch my insurance now. I'm not sure. Do they do car? Do they do home health? I just stubbed my toe. I've got an ingrown hair on my knuckle. I'm going to call star insurance. How much could they possibly pay to put star insurance on the Yankees uniform? $25 million a year. The Marlins sold their jersey patch, and they didn't sniff $25 million. There is no team that will sniff $25 million because what Star Insurance just did is they bought the best piece of real estate on the best house in the best neighborhood in the entire world. There is no greater jersey sponsorship than the New York Yankees. All right, Dallas Cowboys, maybe. How about Man U? Oh, that's pretty good. No. Yankees. Put me on the jersey of the Yankees, not as part of a league sponsorship like a Nike or a Reebok, even though I don't know if that's Reebok or Under Armour and one, whatever company you can think of. But just the Yankee jerseys? Oh, we're going to do business. When people have a choice of where to go to insurance companies, they're going to say, hey, Star Insurance sponsors the Yankees. I saw them on Aaron Judge's bicep. Get me a quote. one 800 I'm a star too. Other teams are less than thrilled about this situation because it yet adds to the disparity in 
local revenue generated between the haves and the have-nots. Now, before you think the Yankees get to keep all $25 million of the dollars, a quick bit of math for you. The Yankees are revenue-sharing payors. That means they pay into the revenue-sharing pot, which means that every dollar of revenue that they raise, they only get to keep 66 cents of that dollar. 33 cents goes into the pot that gets distributed to the revenue-sharing payees. So while you may say $25 million, let's sign another player. We could use some hitting. Why don't we trade for Paul Goldschmidt? We can pay him with star money. It's not actually 25 million. It's only two thirds of 25 million. I'm not saying that's bupkis, but that's only about 16 or 17. Paul Goldschmidt, we can't afford you. Speaking of Paul Goldschmidt, play me some music, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson, D-A-V-I-D-P-S-A-M-S-O-N. Instagram, Apple Reviews, wherever you review the show, contact Coca. Do whatever you want. I may see it. David, did you see the comments made by the Cardinals president? Can you translate? That's someone, that's a fan of the show, Coca. Knowing that on Nothing Personal, we try to translate things that people are saying to tell you what they're really saying. The Cardinals have a president of baseball operations. He's not the president of the team. He's the president of baseball operations. He reports to the president of the team. John Mozilliak said, right now, I can tell you we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be household names or more of guys who are just not likely to be here next year. Oy vey. First of all, the Cardinals are sellers because Samson chose them to win the division. He refuses to change his mind and they're 14 under and they have no chance to win the division. They have no chance to make the playoffs. 6% is their projected chance. They are sellers at the deadline, which makes sense. But for the fact that the St. Louis Cardinals have been like the Dodgers and Yankees, maybe even more so than the Yankees, I could argue, so successful often on the field. Cardinals fans are smart and spoiled. I love St. Louis. I love you, St. Louis, but you've had it good. One year under 500 this whole century. My team's had one year under 500 in the last six months. It's been 16 years since the Cardinals finished below 500. Of course they should sell. They've got free agents to be. Jordan Montgomery, the guy they got from the Yankees for Harrison Bader. Jack Flaherty, former ace, injured. Jordan Hicks, I can throw 107, but I can't throw to first base. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Everybody wants pitching. Of course, the Cardinals should be trading their pitching and they will trade their pitching. Bring in prospects. But why on God's green earth where everyone's on strike or fighting each other over indemnity provisions, why would Mozilliak say, I don't know if it's going to be household names or more of guys who are just not likely to be here next year. He's got to go in that clubhouse there's going to be a workout today in anticipation of the season starting tomorrow. Excuse me. 
John, quick question. Am I a household name or am I the guy who's not going to be here next year? Because I'm just curious. I want to get back to my agent. There's no reason to put it that way. When you know you're going to sell, you don't need to get the word out the way you used to. In the old days before social media, you could leak through your newspapers, through your beat reporters. Sources within the organization say that short of a quick start after the All-Star break, changes will be made. You want that to leak into the clubhouse because the clubhouse reads all the articles and you want the players to know, hey, you want to go 7-0? and You want to get an eight-game win streak? A little 10 out of 14? We got plenty of time before the deadline, but you got to start right now. Sometimes you can go, even go the direct route. I like to do team meetings after the All-Star break to get people focused on where we were, where we are, where we've been, and where we're going. It's a good opportunity to get the group together. When you've done well before the break, you get the group together and say, don't lose the momentum we had. Come out with the same intensity and concentration that you showed the entire first part of the season. If you had a crappy first part of the season, you have a team meeting and you say, gentlemen, it's a blank slate. <laughs> That's what we would do. Whatever happened that caused us to be 14 games under 500 and to hit 230 and to have no luck with runners in scoring position and to have no pitchers who can go seven innings or even six innings, ignore it. The season starts now. It's so great to be a speaker in front of people when you can say anything under any scenario and it all sounds good. The Cardinals team meeting will go as follows. Look to your left and look to your right. One of you will not be here if you don't get off to a quick start and ignore what happened before the break. But by saying household names, is Paul Goldschmidt worried about getting traded? He's got one year left. He's the reigning MVP. He's not a free agent. He's got a $26 million contract for next year. This would be a perfect time to trade Paul Goldschmidt. I can think of a few teams that could use Paul Goldschmidt. Hey, can we get star to insure Paul Goldschmidt's contract? Nolan Arenado is signed for another four or five years. Household name. Someone made an offer for Nolan Arenado. I'm going to have to think about it. But Mozilliak was very clear. He said, we are here to compete in 24. We are not retooling. We are not rebuilding. We are not doing a fire sale. The Cardinals never have to do that because of their amazing fan support and corporate support. So I did see the comments made by the Cardinals Prez. And here's how I would translate it in one word. Sell Mortimer, sell, turn on those machines. You don't really need to announce it like that. He was on a show and he announced it. You're speaking to all GMs, you're texting to all GMs. There's group chats. Just say, hey, yeah, I'm willing to talk about Flaherty. Oh, you must be selling. That's how we discover which teams are buying or selling. Hey, we'll talk about Flaherty, but we're going to need something back because we're not ready to give up on the year just now. And we know they're full of crap, whoever says that. Either you add or you subtract. There'll be some teams on August 1st when we come back with a live show after tomorrow's live show. The next one is August 1st. But there are shows all throughout when we're gone. It's really good when they come out of the deadline and they're clearly been sellers, but they say, no, no, we were both. We were buyers and we were sellers. 
we made our team okay for this year, but we're really good next year. It's absolute poppycock. In case you did not pay attention, MLB announced last night that they are doing something they have never done before, and I am here for it. The season next year, the schedule came out. It's not like the NBA. There aren't like 50 shows that go on. It's not live. There aren't like four-hour pregame. Who the opponents are, what time, what day. Get your tickets now. MLB announced its international slate. Um, I love it. As many international games as possible. It's part of the collective bargaining agreement. The players have to go. They can't complain. They get paid extra. The Dodgers and Padres are opening the season in South Korea. The first pitch will be thrown out by Dennis Rodman. It is all written. It got me thinking about my friend, Hesop Choi, the Korean player who we traded for. We traded Derek Lee for him after the World Series. We got Hesop Choi. So good for us in 04. Then we were signing Carlos Delgado in 05. So we traded Hesop Choi. He was in the office. We told him he was traded. He cried. I love you, Hesop. You're the only player in my career who cried upon being traded. Some of you were pissed. Some of you were happy. Some of you were sad, but hit it. He cried. He loved being with us, and we loved having you. The people in Korea are so lucky to get regular season games. It is going to be an atmosphere that will make the World Baseball Classic look tame in comparison. It's going to be magic. MLB's doing a bunch of other things. They're going to go back to Mexico City. They're going back to London. You can't take over Europe if you don't take over London first. Coke, are you going to go to London to see the Mets and Phillies? That'll be fun. If you want to go to London, just make sure you look right. Spring training games in the Dominican Republic. That's going to be something. You'll have Poppy there with his neighbor Juan Soto. Although it's the Red Sox and the Rays, but who knows where Juan Soto will be playing next year. You don't think Poppy is going to be there as an ambassador of the game for a spring training game in March in the Dominican? Of course he will. Baseball knows what they're doing, folks. Announcing an international slate like this is for the purpose of building worldwide momentum in an effort to gain worldwide domination and to quash any competition from other leagues. The problem is other leagues are doing it too. It's going to be a fight to the finish. We'll see in March in Korea. Maybe we should take nothing personal on the road. How will we explain that? I've got it. Coke and I have to go to South Korea. It's just business. We'll see you tomorrow. This is nothing personal. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.